Researchers in the Netherlands found that healthcare workers who picked their nose contracted COVID-19 at more than double the rate of those who did not, no matter how frequently or infrequently they did so. The scientists also looked at whether nail biting, wearing glasses, or having a beard put people at higher risk from the virus, but found no correlation. This is Pulse Check. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. New Jersey's Department of Health is five years past its legal deadline to create a way for residents to donate unused over-the-counter and prescription medications to others in need. The state was supposed to have at least one donation program by July of 2018, but as of today, there are none or even finalized regulations. The CDC has recommended Sanofi and AstraZeneca's RSV shot that provides protection for infants up to eight months old. The agency also recommended that the antibodies should be given in a higher dose to children at risk of severe disease up to 19 months old who are living through their second RSV season. The recommendation follows a unanimous endorsement from the agency's advisors earlier in the day. Those advisors spoke out, however, against the company's plan to charge nearly $500 per shot. And for the first time since early 2023, COVID-19 hospitalizations are on the rise. David Lim is here to give us an update on what the latest numbers tell us about what's happening now and what to expect this fall. Hey, thanks for having me today, Alice. So you reported on something that sounds kind of alarming, but may not be. It's COVID hospitalizations going up for the first time all year. Of course, they're still a lot lower than they were for most of the pandemic. But what's going on? What's the situation? That's right. Since I reported that story, we have new numbers from the CDC. In the past week, we've seen hospitalizations rise to 8,035. That's a 12.1% increase over the previous week. So we're seeing the number of hospitalizations due to COVID rising over time for the first time since really the beginning of the year. If you recall, we had cases still going up in December, and then around New Year's, there's been a steady decline until recent weeks in the number of COVID hospitalizations. Hospitalizations are important because they're really one of the only pieces of data that we have remaining that kind of measures the impact of the pandemic in real time. If you'll recall, the public health emergency ended in May, And with that, there were several data reporting requirements that came to an end. So, for example, we don't have great data on the number of infections that is currently circulating. And in fact, it's probably likely that we're seeing a large number of infections happening among the populace that we don't really have a great sense of because people are not either getting tested at healthcare providers, they're not testing themselves at home, or even if they are, they probably are not reporting those tests to any public health authority. So unfortunately, hospitalizations and deaths are really the only way that we can see if there's a increase in the number of cases concretely, although wastewater data also can kind of give a little bit of a signal, although there's some mixed opinions about the usefulness of that data. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of our own coworkers have recently got COVID. It's clearly going around. It's clearly ticking up. But like you said, the focus is really on hospitalizations. Do we know why it's going up now? I mean, it's summertime. It's not the time people think of these kind of viruses surging. Right. So there's a few things going on. One, we're kind of seeing a period of time between the last COVID shot that most people have gotten and when they were last infected to the current day. So some of that immunity might be waning a little bit. 
but public health authorities and the White House are emphasizing that this is not something that's unexpected. We're heading into the middle of the summer and into the fall. And even if you recall back in previous years, we saw spikes over the summer. So it's not as if COVID is acting exactly like other respiratory diseases in terms of when it's appearing and when people are getting infected. I mean, yeah, thinking ahead to the fall and winter, I mean, what does this mean? Are people expecting it to get even worse? And, you know, why aren't we hearing calls for behavior changes or new precautions with this rise? So there's a few things at play here, one of which is that we're not really seeing a new variant of concern that is different than we've been experiencing for the past year. Most of the cases have been subvariants of the Omicron variant, which has been the dominant variant for over a year. Before that, there was the Delta variant, you'll recall. And then before that, there was Alpha. In each of those circumstances, those new variants were really driving a sharp increase in the number of cases. So people feel like they have a good grasp on kind of how the Omicron variant will impact people's health. That's not to say that people who are in high-risk groups, older individuals, people who are immunocompromised, some public health experts have been talking talking about young children as well, who need to take precautions such as staying up to date on vaccines and perhaps wearing a mask in crowded settings. People have to remember that COVID-19 is not an on and off switch. It's a gradient between considering the health risk to you as an individual, as well as to those around you who may have health risks that you yourself are not aware of. And trying to be cognizant of that, I think, is important. The last thing I'll say on this is that the FDA and vaccine manufacturers are working to update the COVID-19 vaccine to target a subvariant of the Omicron variant, specifically this fall, and we'll likely have some conversation among federal officials and public health experts about who should get that shot, whether it's just older individuals. A lot of people are saying that it's likely that we might get a recommendation for young and healthy people to have access to the shot, but there may not be a recommendation that they should get the shot. So that's something that I'll be keeping a close eye of this fall on. Thank you so much for joining us and explaining this. We'll definitely be checking back with you on what happens in the fall vaccine campaign, because that's a big question mark for all of us. So great talking to you, David. Thanks for having me. And Politico has a new podcast. Politico Tech is your daily download on the disruption that technology brings to politics and policy. Today, Stephen Overly interviews Justine Bateman, a Hollywood writer and filmmaker, about why she thinks AI presents an existential threat to entertainment. You can find Politico Tech wherever you get your podcasts. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.